Hey good people, welcome back to Community Blooms. This is your host, Akil Cole. Community Blooms brings you refreshing, inspiring, and hopeful stories from real people working to protect the environment, educate those around them, and improve the health of people near and far. This is a podcast by the Community Ecology Institute, or CEI, a nonprofit organization based in Columbia, Maryland, whose mission is cultivating communities where people and nature thrive together. Over the course of the last few months since our last episode was published, a lot has happened in my life, including some incredible conversations, spending two months in Columbia, Maryland, and the start of in-person college, finally. Over the next few months, or rather, next few weeks, I will be releasing the last few episodes of this season for Community Blooms, which has revolved around community organizations and leaders from Howard County, where CEI is located. For our next season, we will shift our focus to a new community, the student community. You will hear from students in a variety of educational stages with diverse involvement in environmentalism, community organizing, and more. I can't wait to share those stories with you all. As for today's episode, I sit down with the amazing Stacy Hunt from Leadership Howard County. Stacy is the president and CEO of Leadership Howard County, having served in this capacity since 2002. Among other things, the two of us discussed how Leadership Howard County has adjusted to the pandemic, some of the key programs provided by the organization, and CEI's connection with Leadership Howard County. Lastly, this episode was recorded in July of 2021, so some of our conversation makes references based on that time. Thanks for tuning in to Community Blooms. I hope you enjoyed today's conversation. Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of Community Blooms. With me today, I have Stacy Hunt from Leadership Howard County. Uh, so Stacy, thanks for, so much for joining us or joining me today. Uh, would you mind uh, introducing yourself? Happy to be here today, Akil. My name is Stacy Hunt, as you said, and I'm the president and CEO with Leadership Howard County. And I've had the pleasure of running this organization um, 19 years um, so far in the making. And I have a um, just a great deal of joy with the fact that what we get to do is really encourage and engage our community to a higher level of community involvement in a variety of different capacities. And so it's just, you know, it's a great thing to be able to be here with you and be able to talk about some of our work today. Awesome. Awesome. So you mentioned that you've been leading uh, Leadership Howard County for 19 years and a lot of folks have said that the last year, last year and a half or so has been unprecedented. So I want to ask, how has your organization um, responded to and been impacted by the past year and a half or so with the pandemic? Um, like most organizations, whether they're the government, the nonprofits or the for-profits, this past year has definitely um, had an impact on us. Um, it really gave us an opportunity to look at what's most important in our organization. And those are the things that, of course, we, we dug down and made sure we were able to continue to do. 
Um, it also had us look at some things and say, well, that's just going to have to be put on hold while we um, are in this virtual space and you know, we cannot gather and meet because so much of what our organization does is by building relationships and connections, which are typically done in person. I would say that the other thing that this past you know, year has um, really highlighted is the ability of our um, our staff and our key volunteers to really demonstrate adaptive leadership. They were able to come along on the journey while we learned how to be really highly skilled virtual educators. And so we didn't want to take a, to stop the important work we were doing, you know, when we couldn't meet. So as a, as a staff and as you know, key volunteers, we spent you know, five or six weeks really learning how to move into the virtual space with Zoom and Microsoft and all of those teams and whatever other um, you know, virtual learning um, platform was available for us to be working in. And we, want, and we learned how to change our curriculum and make sure that we were still able to provide great learning opportunities and networking opportunities in this virtual space so that it would give almost a sense of normalcy for folks in this place to be able to keep going with things that they knew and, and the fact that leadership was, would hold these type of events. And so we were holding them in a different space, but we were still holding them. And we got a lot of compliments from our, um, our members and our alumni about, it was really nice that this piece of it kept going. And then the other part for us in terms of really the impact was the feeling of gratitude that we have for all of those people that came along with us and especially with our sponsors and the fact that they stayed with us and were able to continue to financially support us during this time. And, you know, when you're a nonprofit and your, your funding comes, you know, from people considering your organization valuable and contributing to it, you know, it's pretty easy to take away from that when times are tough. And so the fact that we were still considered important enough to continue to support really helped validate that the work we do in this community is important. And so those were probably the key things for us, both our ability to, to adapt and to, to become you know, virtual educators and then the, to really appreciate you know, and have such a great sense of gratitude to all of those um, sponsors that have um, continued to support us through this whole thing. Hmm. That's beautiful. I think, I think the continued support that your organization has been, has received really is a testament to the good work that you do. I mean, you're not, you know, a leader of something for 19 years or even having something for 19 years for no reason, right? Um, so kudos to all of you. I, I haven't met the rest of your team, but you, know, you sound like some astounding people. My, my team is amazing. Um, yeah, so this organization, you know, actually... Is 36 years old this year, and um, I had a my predecessor led the organization for the first you know you know 17 years, and then you know here I am doing my work now, and along that ride have been you know 
a whole variety of uh, folks, both from a paid standpoint and also from a volunteer standpoint, who have just committed their heart and soul to this work because they believe in it. And I think part of why it um, creates that level of you know, care and passion is because what we're doing is trying to benefit the whole community. And we're trying to engage people, you know, high school students and how they can have meaningful and impactful, you know, impact as volunteers at 15 and 16 years old, and then young professionals and helping them with both their leadership skill sets along with their, um, their getting engaged in the community. Then, of course, with our primary program, which, you know, people spend 10 months learning with us. And during that time, they learn about all the critical issues. They learn about all the key people that are involved in the community. And most importantly, they start to connect across sectors so that, you know, as you are currently in your space of being a, you know, a student, you know, this would be that chance for you to start to meet the, the business person that's in an area that you might be interested in or the, or the nonprofit that you might be, you know, really excited about when you learned about the work that they're doing. And so what we, we work very hard in all of our programming to make sure that cross-sector um, connections happen. And it goes beyond just the time that you spend in the you know, class experience with us, but you know, our active alumni base tries to build on that and make sure you continue to build new relationships because that's how work gets done in our community is people from all these different parts of our community take bringing their skills and their passions into the community to work in the things that are important to them. And so that's what helps like, you know, the community ecology institutes because we have people that get really excited about the work they're doing. And so off they go to volunteer with them. And then we have people who volunteer and sit on boards of organizations helping children and helping animals and helping work on issues around transportation and healthcare and, you know, and edu higher education and, and all those different areas but they get this chance to learn about it with all these other people and then you know, take that opportunity to take their place and really be able to have an impact in our community. Nice. Every, every sentence and explanation that you provide is like, this is so cool. Speaking of um, the programs that Leadership Howard County offers, could you elaborate on some of those programs like outside of the 10 month one? Sure. So the 10 month run is our was it's called their premier program and it's the founding program. It's the one that actually started in 1985 that we still run every year, you know, for 10 months. And it's people that are kind of considered senior level leaders in the community and they get that great opportunity to work with us over that 10 month period. Then there's a young professionals program, which we run in partnership with Loyola University called the Essentials Program. And that is a six month program where they people that are have that's that apply to be involved in that have an opportunity to do some leadership skill development with um, folks in, that are from the Loyola community and they also have an opportunity to have a one-on-one -on -one coaching opportunity you know with um, somebody as they're going through the program that meets with them twice a month during that time frame to help them connect the learnings that they get from the curriculum to two different places in general, one being the project that they work on, and then the second one being also back into their career field. 
So they help tie in skills and help them look to see how those connect in those two different places. So they can practice them in their project area, and then they can really work on implementing them in their workplace. So that's the essentials program. And then the third program is our young, our, our high school program called Leadership U, which um, has about 50 uh, high school rising juniors. So they start, they just, um, they do a week with us in the summertime when they're 15 going on 16. And then they spend the fall working on a project with um, some volunteer adults that help them guide them through that process. And at the end of the four and a half months with us, then they do a, a big presentation to a room full of uh, adults and community leaders where they present what they learned in their project timeframe, but there's also skill development that goes along with their community learning. So they get a, a lot of different components of being leaders and being encouraged to step into leadership roles as a 15 and 16 year old, not understanding you don't have to wait till you're you know, you've passed some certain age to say, I care, I want to get involved in this organization or in, in this cause. And we hopefully give them the skills so that they can start to do that now, because, you know, there is no right time to get involved. Today is the right time to get involved. And then the, the very last program we really have is what we call our alumni program. And that encompasses the folks from all those different programs that are invited to stay involved with us because we basically do continuing learning and we provide programming every month so that um, you know we're anticipating coming up this year there will be um, the a new head of the college we'll make sure we have an opportunity for everybody to meet them through that wants to come to our event that will host them we do that with key business leaders and you know community leaders that you know come in we want to make sure we introduce them to everybody we also do that around critical issues that are coming up that may not have been on people's radar a couple of years ago, but are now really important. And so we make sure we bring in the people that can talk about those issues so that our alumni are educated and also now know if they wanna dig in a little deeper, who it is that they would need to talk with. So there's a lot of opportunities for people to stay connected and, and learn, and hopefully it keeps them going on their leadership journey. And in our leadership journey is a little different than what most people study or go to leadership classes about, because it's about community leadership. It's about how you're going to take your skills and your passions and you're going to really put them back into the community. And we want to give you all the tools to be able to do that to the best of your ability. That is so fascinating to me um, because I'm, I'm not going to say I'm a fanatic for leadership, but I'm very passionate about leadership, particularly, I mean, I, I own my own business that's specifically geared to high school students. Um, and one of the main skills that that is made for is leadership, you know, like time management, public speaking, leadership and college application yeah. building. And it's one of those broad, broad skills, but also one of those core skills that is so undercultivated in basically every, every, every sector, you don't young old experienced not experienced when you have effective leadership it transforms everything and when you have ineffective leadership it can destroy everything um and i find the community focus of your organization so key like it's it is a differentiator it's not just about the individual and how they can either rise through some ranks or you know be the impact but really 
connect with other people that are seeking to do similar things in different places. Like, like you mentioned with the, um, the, the cross sector connection, like that's a, another thing I found like, oh, that's such a cool model and such a needed model um, as far as leadership is concerned. We really emphasize, you know, how critically important it is to make sure that when you are in your spaces working, that you're, you're conscious about the importance of how you're showing up, but also how you, how, when you show up, what is it, what strengths you bring, but what are the strengths that you need? And so we really encourage people to make sure that when they're doing their work, whether it be in their workplace or in their community um, leadership, you know, volunteerism, that they're, they're surrounding themselves with the people that bring those other things to the table so that, you know, you have all of the best, you know, that you can in doing that work because it makes the entire effort much more successful when you're bringing in people that aren't like you to be able to add perspectives that are not like your own. And it gives them an opportunity, it gives you an opportunity to be exposed to ideas and ways of approaching problem solving, which is what so much of community leadership is in a way that you might not have ever thought of before. And so it's a tremendous opportunity for uh, engagement in new ways. And as a, as a leader in that space, if you're a good leader, you're also learning. You're learning new ways to look at things and new approaches and new skill sets that will make you be better. And I consider a leadership skills are a lifelong you know, development process for all of us. And I think that, you know, so when we're starting with our 15 and 16 year olds in our high school program, our expectation is this is the start of their journey that will be, you know, you know, long beyond, you know, our senior level leadership programs, because, you know, we hope everyone's lifelong learners and that they're always taking that opportunity to be exposed, be curious, ask questions, make sure they're engaging people who aren't like them in the, in the conversation. Speaking of the, the practice and principle of bringing people in that aren't like oneself, is there a time or times in the past year that really stick out to you where this was kind of on display where you had people from different sectors or perhaps that were very different but were able to accomplish something that was really uh, impactful in your perspective? Well, I think that I would say that um, there was an opportunity that for our organization to highlight the work that was going on, especially around, you know, making sure that, you know, we were having hard conversations and um, around Black Lives Matter, you know, issues that were coming up. And so we, we dug down in, into our uh, curriculum development with the programming that we do to make sure that we gave space, especially in all of our programming, to allow people to be able to really talk about how they were feeling about the two big issues over the past you know, 18 months, which is the work that was going on around racial equity concerns. And we had this thing called the pandemic. So you have the two intersections at one time and what that brought out in people in terms of actually in challenges with, you know, emotional stabilities and mental health, but it also had to do with um, 
really encouraging people to listen, you know, and to make space for people to talk about what was concerning to them and to look at the, the way they were approaching, you know, their, their issues and their concerns, how they were, you know, um, offering to help in the community and the, the aha and the awareness that some people had at this point, you know, sometimes for a first time around the severe challenges that even the community of Howard County, which in general is, is kind of considered this, you know, very overachieving community with, you know, great successes, which is very true. We are, you know, we are a million lists of firsts. We are the best at this and we're the best at that. But we have, um, we have people in need here. And we have people that feel like their voices aren't being heard here. And they feel like that they are, you know, they have not had the same opportunities as other people have had. And so our organization took these, this set of, um, you know, colliding issues that were going on in terms of the racial equity um, work and the pandemic. And we use that to our advantage in the, in the sense of being able to really um, create new conversations in our community around that. And we've also partnered um, you know, with encouraging our members to uh, jump into some other organizations in the, in the county that were doing real work in those arenas too. And so, um, you know, uh, the Howard County Library System has a fabulous um, set of programming that they've now put in place that they're, and that's open to, you know, everybody in this county. And so we've really encouraged our members to get engaged with the work that they're doing, to volunteer in roles that they can help lead, and also to they, they themselves be participants in this. But in all of our program this year, there was an extra emphasis in working in that way. So there wasn't like a one thing that is a, you know, a standout in terms of this is something unique and different, other than we took it, we took what were considered by most people as real challenges of what was going on. And we used, <clears throat> we leveraged those challenges to create learning opportunities for ourselves and our members in that sense. Now, thinking back to last year, there was so much, I mean, emotionally, politically, socially, physically, and although the peak of the, the peak of the collision is, is, is past us for now, right? Because these things come in waves, um, <laughs> fingers crossed, right? Um, it's it's important for organizations like Leadership Power County and all of our public institutions and our private institutions to continue talking about these things. And like the emphasis on uh, encouraging your members to volunteer is beautiful to hear. And the self-reflection that a relatively progressive and achieving place like Howard County has um, is a testament to the community. And that's, that's a beautiful thing. Well, what I will say is, yeah, we, we have made strides, absolutely, but do we still have a lot of work to do? I think that the, the, the um, economic and racial inequities kind of came out from under the rug to a lot of people over the past you know, year. I think the pandemic, especially the shutdown period of the pandemic, really helped um, 
some people who really thought everything was fine here, they, when they started hearing about the, the food lines and the number of organizations that were out there just trying to make sure people had access to food, then the housing issues and the fact that people were getting displaced and had nowhere to live, then they started to really wake up and realize that, you know, for as much as we have the gift of being a community that, especially the Columbia component of Howard County was built on the premise of trying to be this inclusive society, you know, we still have, um, we still have our challenges that we, we are not inclusive to all. There are, it's almost impossible for somebody that is low income to live in this community. And there are real challenges being faced around, you know, from a, um, you know, even from a governmental standpoint about policies around allowing, you know, housing to get built that would allow there to be more options, you know, and because, and this is a, this happens in every community. You get your community built and you like it and you're very happy and you don't want anything to change with it now that you're here. But the catch is there are people who can't come here right now because there's no way for them to afford to live here, nor is there in some instances not even, you know, homes to buy or rent that are anywhere near a price range that they can afford. So does that mean that we're only a community for people who can afford a certain amount of money, you know, that have access to that? And that's the kind of stuff that I think that came out to a number of people who had just kind of thought, well, I've got my nice little place here and I'm happy. And I had no idea that there were people living on the edge that, you know, needed food, needed a coat, didn't have internet access at home for their student to go to school, didn't have fresh food, didn't have, you know, access to fresh fruits and vegetables, you know, and all of those kinds of things that, that's almost one of those kind of, you know, pandemic blessings is it created an awareness in a larger group of our community than there existed before. Every community is on their journey. It's just where they are on it and, and how open they are to doing the hard work as a part of it. I very much appreciate the way you framed that. There's not much else I can really add to that. I, I very much appreciate how you framed that. Um, Speaking of uh, access to food and, and food disparities, I want to turn the folks a little bit to CEI and um, how Leadership Howard County has worked with or been involved with CEI. Um, so how long have you known about and how long have you been in contact with CEI? Well, just the past few years on what I would describe as a higher level, um, I knew that um, Chiara, Chiara was doing some work out there and that there was, you know, some things going on around education. But what was interesting is, you know, one of the things that our program does is we um, go out into the community nonprofits and ask them if they have a strategic issue they want some help with. And then, and if they stay, and then a numerous you know, nonprofits submit a proposal to us about here's what we would like some help with. And then in our curriculum, the members of our classes work, um, they get to choose a project they want to work on. And we encourage them to choose something that is not part of their normal, you know, understanding, knowledge, or work. So that we're really helping to expand their learning while they're working on this project. So back in 2018, we had um, a project submitted from the community, you know, from the Community Ecology Institute, CEI, and they were asking for some help on a couple of really interesting strategic issues. 
including helping their their board, you know, kind of develop some um, identify some key priorities about how they wanted to move forward, possibly come up with some ideas about locations for them to run programs, because at that point in time, they were purely a, you know, a virtual, they didn't, they had to schedule different places to meet, they didn't have a home. Um, also, you know, developing, you know, different ways to generate income and kind of a bigger, you know, like business plan, you know, for them. So those are kind of big picture strategic issues that we love to have our class work on for organizations. Um, and as the project team was working on that, these issues with them, I, I recall getting a phone call one day from one of the members of the team saying, so there's been a really interesting twist in our project, which is this, um, this land has been offered to, to, the, to CEI. And um, we think we can kind of help them with this and because this is actually checks one of the boxes of what their original requests were, but it really will kind of pivot how we're going forward and finishing up our project. And is it okay for us to make that change, you know, in our project design. And leadership is always fine with, you know, people changing because, you know, issues evolve and they develop. And that's part of being a leader is your ability to adjust and to, you know, turn when you need to. And so as long as the both the project team members were all in agreement and the organ, host organization was okay with that, we were like, absolutely, you know, how can we help? You know, how can Leadership Howard County support you all working on this project? And so it came down to, they just had the best mix of people on that project to be able to help them make that happen because they needed to be able to work in our county government with some legislation that might need it to be modified and adjusted. And they needed to find some funding. And so, and they needed people who understood development as in, you know, like uh, building development and, you know, and how to get things through that are have to do with, with that side of our county and their project team. They also had people on their team that were really kind of strategic thinkers and also people who were in the world of fiscal management. All of those things were the best combination of, you know, people to be able to really help guide CEI through this project and really help them be able to move forward this opportunity to get, you know, to be able to buy this land, you know, and give them a home. And, you know, so that was really exciting. And then of course, um, the following year, our young professionals program did another project with them. And it was, it was a little bit kind of some more next steps to help them now that you have this land, you've, and you've been able to secure it. What are some of the components that you need to help and then our high school program got excited about working in this space and they identified, you know, what they could do in a couple of months, which was really um, for them to, you know, get out there and actually do some work because they got this farm and, you know, it was in disrepair. So the students were out there literally giving sweat equity to this, to the, to the farm and to CEI with, you know, and, and while they were doing it, guess what the students were doing? They were learning about um, the impact of the, on the environment and they were, um, they wanted to do some, you know, teaching seminars and hands-on activities for other young people. 
And then one of our graduates from um, the youth program had created um, a volunteer network that became its own nonprofit. And one of the non one of the organizations that this volunteer network has worked with a tremendous amount has been CEI because CEI and Chiara are very good at finding ways to engage groups of people, to have them help, help get the gardens going, help do educational learning, you know. And so the Volunteens program has been able to really jump in and help in numerous ways with different activities and projects that are going on. So all of those are things that our organization helps support the connection to. And then as we do with all of our programming, our, our, our alumni, whether they be our high school program or young professionals or our, our senior level leaders, they do, they get out there and they do the work and they bring their people. Some of them are now sitting on the board of directors for CEI. You know, so it's a, it's a, there are people who wanna be at the governance level, but there are people who wanna roll up their sleeves and get involved in, in the gardening and the environmental work and environmental education. And those are, and there are places for everybody to do that there. So it's been wonderful for us to be able to partner with CEI in that way and continue to make sure our, all of our members know about what's going on there and what opportunities they have for themselves to get out there and, and do some work. It's been great. That is great. I feel like that journey and the continued journey of um, leadership and CEI really exemplify, exemplifies that principle and practice of like cross-sectional connection. Yeah. Um, I just kept thinking, I was like, wow, this is, this is exactly what she said at the very beginning, put into practice and put into narrative. Wow. Every time I speak with somebody through like for this podcast and I learn their connection to the, to CEI, I'm just astounded by the journey that the organization has taken. So thank you. Thank you for the, your work in general, but also specifically um, as it comes to the partnership with CD, CEI. Of course. And just, you know, so that you know how important it is for us to really highlight what's going on in our community, our board, with, um, which meets bi-monthly, we'd like to bring in um, an organization that we have served in some way and have them tell their story to the board. So the board never forgets what the purpose is behind our work. And so we had an opportunity to have Kiara come on and, and talk with our board this past uh, spring so that she could really share where they are now so that the board can see that our work, you know, these people who are really working at a governance level can, can get back to understanding why our mission is important and it's important because we get to help CEI and we get to help, you know, all these other organizations in the community through our connections and, and our ability to, um, you know, educate people about what those needs are and how they can get involved. And it's just really exciting because when you, when you see their eyes light up about, oh my gosh, you know, that's amazing, the work that they're doing there. It's like, exactly. And first off, what a gift that our community, you know, that Howard County even has this organization. You know, I mean, not every community has a CEI that is doing this level of work and stewardship in our environment. You know, and, you know, we are really, you know, really blessed and grateful that they are here and that there's this group of people that are that passionate to get involved and do that level of work. 
that is that is the perfect note to uh, round out our conversation. I think um, I, one thing I, I do like to do at the end of every conversation for the episode is to ask if you would provide a practical tip, a bit of advice, or maybe a resource for our listeners so that they can get involved, increase their impact, or otherwise just improve their lives. So in my very weird way of asking, uh, what are your thoughts on that? What is something that you'd like to give our listeners as a takeaway? I would say the practical tip is when you're trying to figure out where you want to put your time and energy, be um, thoughtful about it, not just because someone calls you up and asks you to, hey, come help with this. Make sure that it aligns with your passions and, you know, potentially some goals that you may have if you're the type of person who likes to write down goals, because you're going to be more successful in your contributions with any organization or any cause. If it's the thing that makes you wake up at night going, I can't believe that this isn't being taken care of yet, you know, that, that I have to, I need to get myself involved here because this really matters to me. And that can be around feeding people. It can be around, you know, the environment. It can be around making sure children have, you know, shoes and socks. It can be around making sure that, you know, animals are off the street. I mean, it can be in anything, but what is the thing or things that, that really, you know, that wake you up or make you go, that's not fair. And that's where you need to throw your time and energy in because you're going to yourself, you're going to feel that every hour you spend is spent meaningfully because you care about it. And you're going to give that kind of time and energy because it matters. And you know that at the end of the day, your involvement is important because it's important to you. So I really encourage people to not just jump into anything, but to really make sure they're getting involved in things that matter that really they feel like that they can contribute to, even if they're not sure how, but you know, it's like, let's make that phone call, call up that organization or, you know, or do a little research and figure out, you know, what's the way that I can help. I mean, it's, it may not be being on the board, but it's like, you know, I can, I can make phone calls for you, or I can run spreadsheets for you. I can help you with, you know, you know, some messaging on you know, social media. There's so many ways that everyone contribute that, you know, you don't have to be, you know, a PhD in something to help in it, you have to care. And that's really our, to me, that's the most important thing is that someone cares about it, and they jump in. And I, I go back to the work that, that that project team did to, you know, that when they shifted on this project to help them figure out how to get this farm, that wasn't what they were, you know, tasked with doing. But they had vested in this organization and they were totally bought into the mission of CEI and they wanted to do whatever it took to help them make this happen. You know, passion, it works, you know. That is excellent. Um, Stacy. thank you so much for your time. Uh, thank you so much for your work. Thank you so much for your passion. I can feel it through these digital airwaves that we have. <laughs> And I'm really grateful that we got to have this conversation. Of course, my pleasure. I really appreciate you hosting this and doing this for CEI. I know that um, you're giving them a gift and being able to make this happen for them.
Thanks so much for listening to today's episode. I hope you enjoyed the conversation and found value in what we talked about. If you want to learn more about Leadership Howard County, visit their website at leadershiphc.org. If you are part of a community whose environmental work you'd like featured on our podcast, send us a message at communityecologyinstitute.org. We would love to hear from you, so feel free to follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube at Community Ecology Institute. You can subscribe to Community Blooms on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else where you might listen to podcasts. So, until next time, develop your point of view, do the best that you can do, and strive to make sure your community blooms. Peace.